let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Well, uh, the country as we know it is uh, beginning to collapse and change. Uh, the border, no one has ever seen it this bad with the number of migrants crushing to come into the United States. And of course, a lot of it revolves around the end of Title 42, which happened last night at midnight Eastern. And uh, along with that, they're going to institute what they call Title 8 coming back, which supposedly makes it more difficult if you uh, try to claim asylum and then uh, uh, you went to the country illegally. The penalties are harsher, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, in reality, whatever the message that is getting out to people from all over the world, particularly Central American, South American countries, it's that this is an opportunity. That's it. That, that's really what's going because on. Because they know we don't really mean any enforcement. Of course no. we don't. I no. mean, I'm reading a story here. Uh, 67,000 migrants apprehended at the U.S. border just this week, but 15,000 eluded capture. So you just have to take another shot and another shot, and eventually you get in. That's all. Getting stopped doesn't mean anything. There's, there's a lot of guests today. We're going to get to the sheriff now 
of Yuma County, Arizona. Leon Wilmot is coming on the show to talk about what he is seeing and experiencing in uh, his county. Uh, let's get him on. Sheriff, how are you? Well, it depends on the subject matter. <laughs> okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about the crush at the border. What's going on in Yuma? Well, they set a record last night. Over fifteen hundred were apprehended down here, just in in my my county, and they already had roughly anywhere from three to four thousand in custody as well that they were trying to process. They've gotten to the point now where the uh, NGO, non governmental organization that they usually decompress some of these individuals too is now overwhelmed as well and they cannot handle anymore so they resulted in uh, doing street releases in our community already and I've heard they're uh, doing street releases down in Cochise County as well uh, when somebody is apprehended because the all the jargon that the government uses is intentionally confusing that doesn't mean that they're turned back necessarily right no, they're not being turned back. I, you know, I think somebody's being a wolf of participant in a campaign of misinformation when it comes to Mayorkas and, and what he says. Of course, he is a U.S. attorney by trade, so he knows how to uh, flip words. But from a public safety standpoint, you've got roughly 200 countries in the world, and we've seen down here just in Yuma roughly uh, 140 up to 160 different countries. Really? Yuma County. Oh, yeah. And there's only about 15 countries that actually allow for repatriation, let alone sharing information on any kind of criminal activity for any of these folks. But we've got Russians, we've got Chinese, we've got Indians, we've got uh, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan. You pick a country, uh, they're coming in through Yuma County, and they have been. We had uh, 310,000 people crossing to Yuma County last federal fiscal year. April numbers here for this federal fiscal year is over 120,000, and it's obviously climbing. So it's it's a false narrative that the secretary and this president is pushing from the reality standpoint. Most of these people in Yuma County were Title Eight to begin with because those countries won't accept them back. He's not telling you everything. He's telling you a partial truth. So when when uh, when they're apprehended and then they're set free, uh, where do they go? So what we're seeing in uh, the folks from Yuma is they're predominantly going to the Midwest and Northeast and San Francisco, Sacramento, Los Angeles, any any city that has been advertising sanctuary city propaganda for. The last few years. And they're well aware uh, which cities are, are sanctuary cities. Oh, absolutely. And for them to say that they're doing this because it's a humane thing to do only markets this to make it even worse because the cartels exploit everything that is being said. So it's inhumane to allow this to occur because we know about the rapes, the robberies, the kidnappings, the sexual assaults that are happening on the other side of the border that's being allowed to happen by the cartels in Mexico. And we fight that narrative each and every day and have been with Mayorkas since he's been in that position. And yet they continue to enforce their plan, which nobody has seen this plan. I don't think he has one, to be quite honest with you.
No, I I think it's to try to tell the media that plays along that, oh, we're worried about the border. We're doing something. But it seems like the reality is just let them flood in. That's what we're seeing, right? So do they, the the processing that goes on, uh, how long does that take? And then they end up what? I have read in a a couple of stories that they end up getting uh, court dates in 2026 or 2027. Is that what's going on uh, in Yuma? So my understanding of the way that they process is the fact that it takes about two hours per individual to try to do any kind of background that they possibly can and ascertain if these are criminals. Like I said, most countries don't have the infrastructure like we do in regards to uh, the, the criminal element and criminal histories on people. And if they're not a country that wants to cooperate, they're not going to share that with Border Patrol anyway. So they can only garner what they can within that two hours. Then they're given a piece of paper. It says once you get to that location that you have a sponsor, supposedly a sponsor now, that uh, you need to check in. And here's your tentative court date for you to appear. Now, Florida just got a... uh, TRO, Temporary Restraining Order, which impacts all of the southwestern border because Border Patrol was actually looking at having to parole individuals out of their custody because they're over their limit, which means that they would have no court date listed on their paperwork at all. And they would be just set loose and nobody would ever see them again. Well, they'd be set loose, and then they they had to follow a set of rules that once you get to where you're wherever you're going, you need to check in, and and here's the parameters, and if you violate these parameters, then you you can be denied. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even I have not heard of anybody actually being charged with any criminal activity when this started two years ago. What kind? I had uh, seventy five people die in my desert. Um, we've had to respond to roughly over 800 911 calls from migrants who are abandoned by smugglers out in the desert that we've had to go rescue. We've actually had to do a search and uh, locate a, a smuggler who committed homicide and, and killed an individual that was in part of the group. So it, it's it's a taxation on our resources because the federal government's not going to do it. How much more can you take your county, your, your city? I mean, if this goes on indefinitely, is there a tipping point for the chaos? Well, I mean, right now the NGO is at a, I mean, they've been saying that this is not sustainable when we sat there in person at a roundtable with Mayorkas. So, and that's why sheriffs across this country have come out with a vote of no confidence in him. Anybody with any common sense would have already set up temporary facility to house these individuals as well as have hearing officers poised right there to actually do the hearings right here on the border. Anybody with any kind of knowledge of law enforcement would have done that. And he never did any of this. So the only thing he's done is further the problems by his messaging because everybody that comes across, they call back home because everybody that's coming here has flown into Mexicali or Mexico City. Okay, they're they're not walking for months on end. They're flying in here and then walking less than uh, a quarter mile to cross into the river. And then they walk right up to Border Patrol to be processed. So there there is no 
humanitarian issue in regards to that side of it. They're all flying in. So people from Russia are flying out to all these different countries that don't have a uh, visa requirement. They're getting into Cabo. They're staying there a couple weeks, and then they're flying into Mexico City or Mexicali and then walking across. That's what's happening down here. All right. Yeah, we just we got to go, but we really appreciate talking to you, Yuma County Sheriff Leon Wilmot. We appreciate you coming on. You bet, anytime. Thank you. All right, of course, right there on the front lines in Arizona with the surge that's being caused by uh, the end of Title Forty Two border chaos. More coming up, John and Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty. We are also live on the radio from one till four and. We're on the app, the John and Ken podcast, John and Ken On Demand, after 4 o'clock. And if you're just tuning in uh, now, I'd get to that podcast later and listen to the interview we just completed with uh, the sheriff of Yuma County, Leon Wilmot, in Arizona. And he laid out in very clear detail what's going on. It is a total abandonment of the border by uh, Joe Biden, a complete abandonment of any immigration law whatsoever. 200 countries, he said, are represented in this crush of migrants. And only and he's seen over 100 different countries in his county. And only 15 have any diplomatic mechanism for us to send the illegal immigrant back. Which means 185 countries, they have no provision to take one of their own citizens back. They do no background checks. They'll give us no information we don't know who these people are so every bad guy from russia to iran to iraq you know he went through the whole list they're in the country now and we don't know what they're up to and we don't know why they came here isn't it a little weird that you would suddenly appear here from russia or iran and iraq isn't it likely that a high percentage of those people are probably up to no good this is, this is not a humanitarian asylum situation. This is everybody who'd like to get inside America, and they all have their own secret agendas. Uh, and I, it's, it's really astonishing what Biden is doing. I, it, it's really a, just a complete destruction of immigration law that no other country has ever done or is experiencing right now. And the, constant- the problem is, we talk about those polls going back decades, tens of millions of people would love to come to the U.S. This is their chance now under this president. It was there under Obama, but not like this. Well, the problem is we had Trump. I say problem because Trump spoke about the border so much, instituted some policies which helped crack down on immigration, and everyone's like, well, Trump's gone, must be open now. And Biden hasn't done anything to dissuade that. Well, yeah, Except no, he's, for like weak Kamala Harris going to Central America oh, yeah. and saying, don't come, don't the, come. The borders are, right? Yeah. Oh, everybody's up to the game, all right? Yeah, the, the, these people aren't stupid coming from all these countries. They know what the game is. The, the, you, you, judge, you judge a person, a nation by their actions. Everybody knows the border's wide open. And even though I, I, I hate all the doublespeak. Everything is doublespeak. Everything is lies. Everything is misdirection. They're not apprehended. They are temporarily stopped and then let go. And maybe they're given a court date 
or maybe a lot the of court them aren't, from what I understand. Yeah, no court dates. A lot of them aren't. It's too many people at once. They can't do all this. And the court dates they're getting are three or four years down the road. Nobody really has to check in because there's no penalty to check in. So the stuff you hear from government officials, they they're they're lying to you on purpose. They're misleading you on purpose. They're pretending that they have a system to to track and control these people. No, they don't, and they don't want to. The bottom line is they don't want to. This isn't happening by accident. This is happening on purpose. Well, it's not a lot that uh, the governors of these states can do. As we know, Texas has been busing migrants all over the country. Last night, they sent two buses outside of Kamala Harris's residence in Washington, D.C., and dropped them off. Yeah. More than 30 migrants got off one bus and another 40 got off the second bus. It's kind of symbolic, but it's trying to say, look, we cannot take on this problem by ourselves. The millions that are coming in can't stay in Texas. We can't handle that. You're going to have to take some of them. And if you're a sanctuary city, they're coming your way. Now we'll see just how much you back up what you've been saying for years about how you welcome all the migrants from all over the world. Here they are. Don't complain. But yet mayors are in these cities, right? Chicago, New York. Well, they're squealing like stuck pigs. Yeah, Eric Adams is squealing and Gordon. Don't you know that's what comes with the sanctuary city? That you're going to if you're going to take on migrants and not deal with them because they're in the country illegally, then you're going to have to provide. Yeah. Well, they didn't know this was going to happen. See, it was easy to uh, do performance theater to uh, virtue signal and oh, we're a sanctuary city that's great what are we going to get you know 10 10 people a month now they're getting thousands every day and yeah they, they, they've been they've been hung by their own stupid uh, virtue signaling policy whole world said oh, they, uh, I, I heard they're a sanctuary city let's go and the more people go there the more others will go because they have friends and relatives now in New York and Chicago and right. so they, they have a social support system. And and what is New York and Chicago doing? They're handing out, uh, well, they're giving you shelter. They're giving you food and drink and money and a place to go to the bathroom and all these stupid, idiot, nonprofit organizations and humanitarian organizations and churches. They're handing out free stuff. So people are going to show up for free stuff and they're going to keep coming because nothing's blocking them. At all. I mean, nothing. Maybe you get momentarily delayed and you have to fill out a few forms, but it's you're going to get to your destination, wherever it is you want to go. And it, it, when you have 100, what do you say, like 170? Yeah, I think he said there were 200 total countries, and they were seeing at least like 150 in his 150? county. 50 different countries. 150 from- different countries? I, I mean, this, this is astonishing. It, and it's going to come to no good. And there's nobody doing anything about it. Nobody. Todd Benzman is going to come on our show next hour. He is actually in Mexico, close to the border. At least he was when he wrote this report yesterday in Matamoros, Mexico, near the Rio Grande River. So he has quite a firsthand look at what's going on with all the crossings. He will join us after 2 o'clock. Coming up next, it's a story we spent some time on back in January. January 28th, there was a uh, shooting in the Benedict Canyon neighborhood of Los Angeles. And uh, they have arrested several people. It looks like a whole gang-related triple murder story. Uh, Coming up next, Steve Gregory with details. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. 
They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. I walked down from the hallway, just took a little minute break, and Steve Gregory appears in the studio here. Well, I just wanted yeah. to, I just felt like coming in. I said, like, you know what? I don't have anything else going on today. I guess not. Let's stop in the John and Ken show. So this uh, triple murder. Oh, by the way, we're uh, on the radio till... One till four, and then after four o'clock, the uh, iHeartRadio app, uh, John and Ken uh, On Demand podcast. And yes. plenty coming up on the border surge. Oh, my God. We stand by for that. You don't want to miss any of it. Two o'clock, we'll have a special guest on who's actually in Mexico near the border. Steve is here about a story we spent time on in January. A triple murder. Three women were shot to death. This was a uh, Benedict Canyon story, and it's all about a short-term rental. And we find out now, Steve, the whole thing may trace back to Chicago gang violence. Yeah. yeah you know, I had a special interest in this because this was a block from a home that uh, I used to own. 
Really? That my kids uh, uh, grew up in. Yeah, yeah, we talked to that neighborhood association guy. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that neighborhood association said this is what, like the third or fourth shooting? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They really know. worked up over these Neighbor- short-term na- rentals. Neighborhood's gone to hell since I left. No, re- really. It's... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Where's John? Where's John? We lived there 14 years. John's gone. It's okay to John's kill people. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the house where this uh, shooting happened in front of, uh, friends of ours used to live there. Well, they they moved short- out years ago. It's short-term rentals. These short-term rentals are causing a lot of grief for a lot of owners. Uh, yeah. I, I, so I what was this it. about? This gathering? Was yeah, something about so, uh, music? Or So what happened are these uh, the, the three women that were killed. In January, and two others were in, or four others were injured, and two escaped. But they were all going to a album release party for a rap artist from Chicago. So these people traveled out in January to be a part of this celebration, and they all rented this house. They were all staying together, and on the evening of January 28th, these two vehicles pull up with all these individuals inside. And as they were getting out of the vehicles, they were ambushed by now we find out three men from Chicago. They opened fire killing three women, and as I mentioned, injuring four others. Two others were able to get away. Well, the the case went virtually cold right away. There were hardly any uh, pieces of evidence that they could use to track these individuals down. Um, and then fast forward a couple months, then they were able to get some shots of a Tesla they were looking for. And the Tesla was coming out of an apartment complex over in the Beverly Hills area, West L.A., Beverly Hills area, and they estimated that one or more individuals were living in that apartment that might be tied to this homicide. So they put out a call to action for the public to report back anything on this Tesla. Now, this morning, down at uh, LAPD headquarters, Captain Jonathan Tippett, who is the head of Robbery Homicide Division, he kind of laid it all out for us. And he said that they do have an arrest, uh, three arrests, and it was largely due to the media exposure and the public's input that they were able to trace these guys down. So here in cut A, check this out where they arrested these guys. On April 10th, 2023, RHD homicide detectives collaborated with the Chicago FBI Violent Crime Task Force to arrest Dijon Tompkins. On April 26, RHD homicide detectives collaborated with the Chicago FBI Violent Crime Task Force to arrest Dante Williams. Williams initially evaded arrest and fled to the area of Gary, Indiana. The Chicago FBI Violent Crime Task Force arrested Williams in Gary. On May 10th, RHD homicide detectives collaborated with the New York FBI Violent Crime Task Force to arrest Darius Stanford. RHD homicide detectives arrested Darius Stanford in the Manhattan area of New York. So they were spread out over three states and it's taken four months, and they tracked them down. Then one of the revelations in today's press conference that Tippett said was these three guys were involved in a murder back in December in North Hollywood. Mm. Yeah, one single man was killed. Right? Yeah, in front of an apartment complex, and he was also from Chicago. So I asked the question at the press conference, what's the connection here? And they're like, well, we're not really sure of the connection because the one thing they said was the three women that were killed in January were not targeted necessarily. So this ambush-style attack may have just been a sign because the question I asked is, what about gang activity? And Tippett was very uh, elusive about it and very coy about it. He said, all I will tell you is that there is a connection between those three individuals and a gang in Chicago, but I'm not going to get into what their involvement, their direct involvement You mean involvement the women is. who got killed? 
No, the the three shooters. The three shooters. Yeah. So the women, why were they the targets of the? Uh, that they were not, not the targets. No, well, ultimately they were. Well, is what ultimately I mean. they, oh, they got, got the bullets. The well, they were at the album release party, and they right. just yeah. So what? Uh, what I was trying to get at with Tippett was: were these individuals actually targeted, or were these three women part of another gang? And it was a gang hit. And maybe it was a retaliation or something along those lines. Tippett would not tip his hand. He wouldn't tell us anything about those details. And I said, well, what about the connection to the guy in, in North Hollywood? Is there a connection to any of this? He said, really, the only connection is they're all from Chicago. The crazy thing is, is that these three guys actually live uh, about a half a mile from where the three women lived in mm. Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to tell you, this neighborhood is a really quiet, peaceful, hilly neighborhood. There's, I mean, I told you, I was there 14 years. There was never a whisper of any problem at all. Well, I, the, the, the fact that this happened is so far outside the character of that region is just incredible. But it's not outside the character of the individuals involved because Tippett did say this is evidence that now even the crimes and the, uh, the, the, the crime activity in Chicago is spilling over into other cities. Because for those... For, for that many people from Chicago to be out here and for them to travel, you know, a couple 3,000 miles from well, Chicago to come all the way out to kill somebody. Right. So they do they got business here? I mean, are they? Are they, they won't go there. They won't go there. I, I dug, I dug, and I said motive, and they're like, we're not going to motive. drugs here or uh, weapons or something? Talk about it. Now, I, I thought a key factor to this could be the fact that we're out here celebrating the album release of a rap artist. And as we know, in Los Angeles... It's a very notorious area for people to get shot in the rap industry sure. because of whatever affiliations they have. And and in some cases, at least years ago, rap artists were had some sort of connection or nexus to a gang. So I'm not sure if that's the case here, but the fact that they brought up the whole rap artist album release party and the fact that they have uh, admitted that there is gang nexus to this. Um, it, it, we don't know if this is some sort of a retaliation hit of any kind. And the fact that he said that they do they do not believe the three women were actually targeted, but they still showed up to this rental home and opened fire. Well, uh, Steve, you might want to check your phone this afternoon because L.A. County D.A. George Gascon is probably going to release them soon. So. Well, here's the thing. So now I'm going to play this next cut real quick before we go yeah. to, to break in cut B here. Uh, the, uh, the captain lays out the charges. The Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office Major Crimes Section has filed four counts of murder and six counts of attempted murder against Dijon Tompkins. Three counts of murder and six counts of attempted murder against Dante Williams. Three counts of murder and six counts of attempted murder against Darius Stanford. Additionally, the District Attorney's Office considered and approved filing enhancements against yeah. these individuals involved in this case. And those enhancements could put them in life, uh, could put them in prison for life without parole. Gun enhancements, I see, yeah. Gun enhancements and lying in wait. Yeah, special circumstance, right? Wow, they're they're taking this far more seriously than they usually take crime. Well, so much seriously that um, the chief of staff of the L.A. County DEA's office showed up to make a statement. Mm -hmm. Do you remember him? Mr. Inigas? Uh no. no, he's the one that uh, got involved. The in. one, yeah. This is his first public appearance since the little snafu, little kerfuffle he had with what was it, Pomona Police or no, it was what was police it? department, Whittier or somebody? I can't remember. 
where he and his fiance remember had the DUI and he got into oh, the argument with the yes, cops yes, and he's filing showing his credentials all that stuff. Yeah. Don't you know who I am? Yes, kind of I thing? remember that now. Yeah, yeah, and he got swept under the rug. So <laughs> this is this was his first. I, public I was appearance. wondering if they're really worried this is a, a tentacle of uh, organized crime uh, reaching into Los Angeles and they want to stomp it out. It immediately could, again it looks like right now and until they tell us until we see the charge papers until we see the you know the arraignment stuff uh, uh, that anything's possible at this point all right steve thank you very you much guys that's all we need is chicago gang violence coming to la we got enough gangs here more coming up john and ken kfi am 640 live everywhere iheart radio app you're listening to john and ken on demand from kfi am 640 All right, Todd Benzman will join us after 2 o'clock. Uh, we expect he is still in a Mexican border town called Matamoros near the Rio Grande. So he's got a uh, first eyewitness view of the many, many migrants trying to get into the United States with this surge, which began weeks ago because the clock ticked down to the end of Title 42. It ended last night at midnight. They knew this surge was coming and did nothing to prepare for it. And maybe that's the way they wanted it. So... We'll talk to Todd after the news. Everything's in place today. We have the Moist Line callers at 320 and 350. And we have a hack to throw into the dumpster. The mob members are back. It should be no surprise who's going into the dumpster. That'll happen in the 3 o'clock hour. Well, the L.A. County Public Health Department, Barbara Ferrer, John. Yay, hey. Anyway. She's still alive? I think so. It's hard to tell. I think she's still masked. <laughs> they released their latest homeless death numbers, although they take us to 2019 to 2021. So we're still, you They're know, still it, counting the 2022 deaths. Yeah. The it, bodies are piled up so high. May is too soon to expect the 2022 numbers. So more than 2,200 2, unhoused people died. Across Los Angeles County in 2021, this, the first time they've reported a number exceeding 2,000 people. Does that not show you that the Garcetti and Bassetti policies are are dangerous and cruel and that they don't really care what happens to these people? That it was all just rhetoric to guilt us into paying more taxes? You have 2,200 deaths on the streets. It's clear you don't have any interest in the lives of these homeless people. You don't care what happens to them. You probably figured out the leading cause of death was drug overdose. Right. Made up more than the third of the deaths. And, of course, we get back to the main culprit, fentanyl. Yep. Fentanyl's the big ingredient the last couple of years, and it's taken a lot of lives, particularly Which, among the homeless. 58% of deadly overdoses among unhoused people he, in L.A. County in 2021 was from fentanyl. Do you do you see the uh, the huge connection between what's going on on all levels of government and, and law enforcement allowing the border to be open brings in enormous amounts of fentanyl. The fentanyl makes it through to the streets of L.A. and kills the people in the streets. And yeah, we don't talk about that enough. It's all about the people, but the drugs, too. Yeah, the, the, dr- the drugs are tremendous. And uh, it, it says uh, meth, too. And the meth is yeah. flowing in freely. Um, it says here that fentanyl was implicated in 58% among the uh, vagrants who died in L.A. County in 2021, 58%. And meth was involved in 77% of the overdose deaths. 
So you could see a large number of people had both in their system when they died. They're taking meth and they're taking fentanyl. So, of course, they're dead. And it's over 2,000 people. I yeah. mean, do you know how many corpses have been littered in the streets of L.A. over the last few years? So we just have to hand out more Naxalone, well, right? That's more what, Narcan. Well, what, what's what's nuts? Because that's how we deal with this. It's time reduction. Yeah, well, that what, what's the name of that stupid um, homeless agency oh, the, we talked yeah, about? I, I forget. But. The, the L.A. homeless. I'm going to call them Lassa. up. Because, Lhasa is the L.A. No, Homeless no, no, Services no, no. That's a government agency. John's talking about a nonprofit that oh, was handing out oh, the meth oh, pipes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, here we go. Here the we go. meth pipe people. Yeah, I, I got the story. I, I keep it on my iPad. Uh, homeless Healthcare Los Angeles. Okay, so these are the geniuses that are handing out clean meth pipes to the drug addicts in the street, even though meth was involved in 77% of the uh, vagrant overdose deaths. And you have a nonprofit taking millions of dollars of tax money, giving them the mechanism, giving them the gun. And 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 and, and we're so we are paying so that the vagrants dying in the streets can take their meth and then expire. We're paying for that. We're paying to kill them. I don't know how everybody doesn't see this. You're going to work every day. They're taking tax money from you. Some of that tax money goes to this homeless agency, which buys meth pipes. They give it to the vagrant, and then the vagrant kills himself with it. It's our money killing them. Your money killing them. Every bozo on the West Side who goes, I feel so compassionate for the homeless. You're paying for their death instrument. Uh, the I second just, leading cause of death was coronary heart disease, which made up uh, 14% of the deaths. As you can imagine, you're probably not in very good health being on the streets. And look at that, John. The, the uh, third leading cause of death was uh, traffic deaths. Look at that. Well, yeah. You were right. You said it was 8%. So I calculated there was about 170 people mm -hmm. that, uh, I guess, wandered into the streets. And then after that, murder. The fourth leading killer of homeless right. people was actual homicide. But doesn't that make sense? If you live in the streets, you're going to get run over by a car. You're going to get killed by some crazy person. You're ingesting meth and fentanyl all day. Well, that's going to wipe you out. It's the first thing I think of whenever I hear a traffic report in the morning. It happens every now and then. There's a person walking on the freeway. I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. It's got to be a vagrant yeah. that's come from one of the encampments and yeah. it's just wandering around. It, it's not your wife. <laughs> all right. I mean... I, 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 and they never say it's like, well, they're looking for repairs for their vehicle. No, it's just somebody walking on the freeway. Oh, great. I have never seen a, a sober, normal-looking person walking the streets or walking the freeway. A hundred percent of the time, it's somebody clearly who's a vagrant or a drug, drug addict or a mental patient. Or all three. Thank God in my more normal neighborhood, there are normal-looking people walking the streets. But uh, uh, What I'm saying is wandering, LA. wandering, stumbling oh, wandering, in the middle of the street. Yeah. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to go to Todd Benzman. He's returning to the show. And, of course, uh, he keeps an eye on a lot of the border issues. He's going to give us an account of what's going on in a Mexican border town near Texas where migrants are crossing the Rio Grande. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.